0: Well, this morning, part of our daily reading is in Psalm 57, and we're going to be reading uh, verse 7 through 11, Psalm 57, 7 through 11. So this Psalm, uh, David is running from Saul, he's hiding in a cave, okay? So he is, right, running from his enemies, he doesn't know what's ahead, and so this is his heart Uh, he says my heart is steadfast oh god my heart is steadfast i will sing yes i will sing praises which you know when there's exclamation in the bible you have to say it with exclamation okay just so you know Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. Now, you know, I was reading this and I was thinking, man, David is so good at is encouraging himself. You know, here he's in this situation where he doesn't know what's ahead and it's not looking good and it's not fun, right? And so he's having to encourage himself. It doesn't sound like, you know, he's got a bunch of friends in there who is like, you know, that's it's gonna be all right, you know. And one thing I was thinking about is how, you know, that term that we use, encouraging yourself in the Lord. Well, I just want you to know that it's more than a pep talk, right? So encouraging yourself in the Lord is taking God's truth, who he is, and applying it to your life, right? So his truth, which is his word, right? And applying it to your situation, reminding yourself of who God is. Amen. Amen. So now we're going to read that again, okay? So you're, you're thinking about J- David encouraging himself, right? So that's why he's repeating himself, right? Because he's reminding himself. My heart is steadfast. Oh, God, my heart is steadfast. Right? I will sing yes i will sing praises awake my glory awake harp and lyre. i will awaken the dawn you know there he's the uh, the dawn isn't going to awaken him he's going to awaken the dawn right so he's not going to wait to be encouraged he's saying hey i'm being encouraged i will give thanks to you oh lord among the peoples i will sing praises to you among the nations For your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. So he's saying, this is why. It's because, Lord, this is why I'm going to praise you. It's because of your loving kindness and your truth and how real that is. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. So amen. We get to do that this morning. We get to glorify God. Amen. Amen. So church, let's stand. We're gonna praise and worship our King. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you for your word, your truth, Father. Your truth, your word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for revealing into us your word, Father. And I thank you that we get to glorify your name, Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to see everybody today. More cowbell.
0: <laughs>
1: Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody. When I drove in, I was like, wow, there, nobody was here. I, and I remembered all the kids are gone today. All the kids are at camp this, uh, this weekend. And so everybody who had all their kids in camp, they're gone this weekend wise people enjoy the enjoy the empty nest while you got it amen so uh, but just remember they're at camp this week they've got uh, the largest group I think they've ever had up at camp and uh, yeah very cool Yep. so at that point we should really be praying for them amen so let's pray for them real quick. Father, we do thank you for our kids. Lord, we love them so much. We thank you for Pastor Karen and all the adults, all the chaperones, all the instructors, everybody that's doing all the different things. We thank you. This is going to be a gorgeous week for them, Lord. We thank you for it. We give you the glory. and We just thank you for safety, for keeping them safe every step of the way, and that they have an amazing time in you, an amazing time in your spirit, and also an amazing time with each other, and that they come home safe and that the parents are all rested and ready for them in Jesus name. Amen. So praise God. Good good uh, good to go to camp. Yeah. Good to go to camp. Good to go, good to, go to camp. Good to send your kids to camp. A couple of weeks the youth are going to camp. Praise the Lord. All those parents will be gone. They'll be just there. But it's going to be good. We're we're excited about summer and and uh, if I can do my best here today, we'll get you out of here and Enjoy the nice weather. Isn't that a gorgeous week? I mean, the last couple days anyway. It's good for you to survive the 100 degree weather. And then uh, I'm a little little ringy and deep for some reasons. Maybe it's because I'm out front here. Praise the Lord. Well, turn with me to John. John chapter 10. John chapter ten, begin with verse twenty-four. I am well into a series that is winding down quickly. I uh, I foresee, unless everything, uh, unless the Holy Spirit has a completely different idea, that we will uh, finish up next week with the series "Hearing the Voice of God," my my sheep here. Um, and I've been doing. I think this is week nine of uh so it'll be a 10-week series and, and it was supposed to be one sermon you know that's all that's all that goes and uh but it's been good because um you know and i've been talking to a number of folks i just met with another pastor this last week and just said hey what have you been preaching he says hearing the voice of god i was like man the holy spirit must be telling something to the body of christ we need to hear his voice we need to know him we need to know His voice. We need to know it's Him. In this world today, it's, it's wild, you know? And we, we need to know who God is. We need to know His voice. And I've been starting out with these verses right here in John chapter 10 every time, and so why, why break a good thing? Why, why not just keep in, the, in the, the, the groove here? John chapter 10, beginning with verse 24. Uh, Jesus is at the synagogue and at the end of His ministry, just a, a short time before uh, the cross and uh, he said or they so john chapter 10 beginning begin with verse 24 says so the jews gathered around him and said to him how long will you keep us in suspense if you are the christ tell us plainly jesus answered them verse 25 i told you and you do not believe he spoke to them he's been speaking to them for three years he's been showing them who he is and, it, and, and that's the thing when god speaks it's not always just words Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He was showing the world the Father. He was showing uh, how to live this life. And, and as he lived, the way he lived, the, how he treated people, how he, he uh, uh, lived his life, but as also the words that he spoke, how he healed people, all of that was telling them who he was. And he says, well, I have been telling you. You just don't believe me. That can happen, doesn't it? Sometimes we hear the voice of God and we don't believe it. Turn over with me real quick. Go back in your Bible to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter three. This was uh, one of the verses, one of the sections we read this week in our daily reading. And I say this all the time, but it's good because there's always new folks that are coming in. We do, uh, we we encourage you greatly to to be in the Word every day. Uh, that's where you need. You need to hear the voice of God through the Bible. You need to to learn His voice. It's how you recognize His voice. Is you hear the voice of God through the Bible, and then when He does speak to you in other ways, you recognize Him. You you know it it's him. But um, this, these verses here, I read these this week and I went, wow, that's just, there's a, an explanation. There's a, a picture of how this really works. First Samuel chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, says, now the boy Samuel, so Samuel had been dedicated to the temple. His mother was barren and she had prayed and asked God to give her a son. And if, if God gave her a son, that he would, she would dedicate him to the temple. And so when he was old enough, to go to the temple when he was weaned and when he was old enough to, uh, to go in. He, he served before the Lord his whole life. And so, but he's still young here. This is still what he's, uh, you know, you can tell he's young because it's chapter three. And, uh, but he says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Eli was the chief priest. He was the, the he was the chief priest and he was also considered the, uh, the judge over Israel at the time. And the word of the Lord was rare. Interesting. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So even though there was a chief priest, even though the temple was there, even though the, uh, the, the ark of the covenant was there with the presence of God and the mercy seat, even though all of the things that they were doing to, to, to foster foster the uh the presence of god even though they were doing everything physically that they're supposed to there's no there's very little word there's no there's no word of the lord happening there's no uh there's no vision and in that time if they didn't hear it from the chief priest if they didn't hear it from the prophet if they didn't hear it from from the uh the judge they didn't hear the voice of god Regular, everyday people couldn't just hear the voice of God. The only way they could hear the word of the Lord was to go to the temple and and give their sacrifice, and hopefully God would speak to them. But here they are. There's no word. Why is it? Well, if you keep reading here, you find out because Eli's a mess. Eli and his family are a mess. The the priests were, were vile. You know, They were doing terrible things. They weren't living right. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And so, and so God, you know, God just didn't speak. You know, God, God doesn't, you know, doesn't have to say anything. He wants to speak. He does speak. But if we're not listening, if we're not, not, not doing our part, he can, he'll just stop talking. He will. Now, now I got to be careful because there are times when, when God doesn't speak that isn't because he's mad at you. There are long times of quiet long 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 times of quiet i have people every once in a while ask me is this uh, abnormal I, I, I haven't heard the voice of god for for weeks or months or years i you know god hasn't said anything to me and i said well then you must be doing exactly what he told you to do or he's mad at you i mean i don't know i mean <laughs> you you figure that out you know i don't know but so but here not, you know, this, that is, it isn't because they were doing what they were supposed to do. They were actually doing what they weren't supposed to do. Everybody was living their own lives. Everybody was, was doing whatever, and Eli, the, the priest, weren't, weren't doing anything to take care of them and anything to help them out. But praise God, uh, Samuel is here. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. So God called Samuel, and Samuel said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, He said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli. Here I am, for you called me. But he said i did not call you my son lie down again now the, now samuel did not yet know the lord and the word of the lord had not yet been revealed to him interesting interesting Samuel's a very young man he hears a voice in the middle of the night the only voice that he could he thought it could be was eli the guy who's you know like his dad he says my son you know i mean he was taking care of him every day you know, he hadn't yet heard the voice of the Lord. He hadn't, it had not yet been revealed to him that the voice that God speaks to him. And the interesting thing that I saw in that verse was, it says that he didn't know God yet. He's in the temple every day, but he doesn't know the Lord yet. Isn't that interesting? How hearing the voice of God is equated, or equatable, to knowing him. But another thing that's interesting there is when Eli or when uh, Samuel heard <clears throat> the voice calling him, he went to the man who was raising him. You know, it's amazing, young people, how, how often when God speaks to you, it's going to sound like your dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're groaning over here. Oh, sure. Oh, great. But it does, you know? Yeah, the, the voice of God can sound like your parents. Yes, All the parents say amen, please. Help me here. <laughs> You know, when, God, when God's speaking, sometimes it's your parents that, that it sounds like. You know, I mean, it's, it, is, it is not a, an odd thing that Samuel hears the voice of God and goes, oh, that must be the man, you know, that must be Samuel or Eli. Why? Because he's, he's, he hears that voice, he knows that voice, but Eli says, hey, I, I'm not speaking to you. I haven't called you. You need to... You, and then he goes on in the rest of the story to say, hey, the next time, that's God who's speaking to you. The next time he calls, say, here I am, Lord. And that began Samuel's relationship. But isn't it interesting? He didn't recognize the voice of God. He thought it was a man. He thought it was something else. And that's why, you know, many times I, I, I can guarantee you, I absolutely guarantee you, you, he- you have heard the voice of God. Every. Every person in this room, every person watching online, every person listening by audio somehow, you have heard the voice of God, but you may not have recognized it. Just like those people way back in Jesus' time, they heard the voice of God every day and said, okay, come on, tell us, what's, you know, tell, tell us the real. If you're the Christ, let us know. He's saying, I have told you. God's speaking. We just need to recognize him. How do we recognize him? Well, we've been talking about that. Number one, what's the number one most important, the most usual, the most normal way that God speaks to us? Amen. Through the Bible. Through the Bible. That's why, you should, that's why you've got to be in the Word. Be in the Word. Read the Bible yourself. Listen to the Bible. I've read the Bible over and over and over and over and over again. I'm reading through the Bible again with us. But I also listen to it. I'm an auditory learner so I listen to the Bible a bunch why because I can do other things while I'm listening not that I'm not that I need to do something else to keep you know but it it just for me if I'm doing something else and I'm listening I remember stuff that just works for me if it doesn't work for you if you're a visual learner and you've got to read it great you know you've got to read the actual paper and whatever but however you're doing it get in the word of God Because that is the standard. That is the most normal way. And, like Samuel, as you read the Bible, you learn the voice of God. That's what God sounds like. God sounds like His Word. Because He is. He is the Word. Remember John said, we just started in the book of John in our reading, Last week we read in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the and, and the Word came and dwelt among us. Who, who came and dwelt among us? Jesus. He, when he lived on earth, he was the Word of God. He still is the Word of God, and, we, and it's not a play on words only, but when we read about him, when we read in the Bible uh, about the Old Testament and the New Testament, we're learning about the word. That's why we call it the word. Hallelujah. Can't say it enough. Bible, Bible, Bible. When in doubt, read the Bible. Number 2, what's the, what's another way? What's the second way we talked about youth, youth, don't listen to them. Youth, what is the second way? Other people No, when they close. No. Huh? Thank you. Danny, Danny Neem gets a star today. Danny gets a star. The rest of you, back to class. There we go. That still small voice. That voice inside that says, Yep, that's right. Yep, that's that's me. Or he he does speak things to us. He speaks specific things to us. You know, Vern was here last week talking about the, the church plant in, in St. Paul. You know, and he called me up that morning. He called me up on a Monday morning. John, got something I got to tell you. <laughs> yes, Vern, what's going on? I was praying last night and God spoke to me. He, spoke, he said that I, I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to start the church in St. Paul. And I'm only going to be there a short time and maybe up to a year, and then I'm going to start another one. And then, if I've got time, I'm going to start a third one. <laughs> that's pretty specific Uh, how how did Vern know that God was did he hear an audible voice no he didn't hear an audible voice he heard the still small voice inside him well how did he know that specifically was God because he spent years and years and years in this not this computer but my representation of the Bible He spent years and years reading the word knowing the word speaking the word listening and then acting upon the word the more you do that the more you'll recognize that still small voice when god says do this do that you know there was a day to talk about how specific god can be uh, there's been a number of times in my life where i was in you know, i was doing something i was in the middle of something and and i just i, I you know i'd hear the still small voice and i was like, okay i'm gonna act on this i'm gonna go do what it tells me to do and we'll see how it works out one time i was coming home from work uh, this was back this was back way before i was a paid christian Way before, way before I was a, a professional paid Christian, back when I had to be good for nothing, as Brian says. Yes. Back when I was just a believer, when I just I mean just a believer, hello. You know what I'm I'm making fun of this, you know? When I was a believer and I was just seeking God and I was working in a factory, I was working in a hot dog factory. And I was going home as about midnight, and I'm driving in my car and that still small voice says turn around go back into town i was already about five five to ten miles out of town i was heading heading out of town i lived in the country at the time i heard that still small voice says turn around go back into town i was like why it's midnight i just got off of an eight-hour shift i'm tired i want to go home and i just kept hearing turn around go back into town I'm like why would i do that I doesn't not it go turn around i couldn't get away from it i just kept and that's not that's not a bible verse that's just that still small voice speaking so i said all right fine so i turned my car around i started i said now what he said go to perkins i was like "Ooh, food all right i'm a very simple being just very simple go to Perkins I was like w- okay Perkins why it's 10 o'clock oh, you know what happens on a Thursday Friday night at Perkins in a small town it gets crazy all right that's where all the drunks hang out after you know late at night so go, go to Perkins why would I go to Perkins he said so and so is going to be there I need you to witness to him I was like okay I just got off of work. I was heading out to go home. and, and I, Okay, I turned around. I'm going back. Now you're saying that, that I'm supposed to go and I'm supposed to go to that, that Perkins and that person is going to be there. Okay, this is a town of 20,000 people. How do I know that person is going to be in that Perkins? Because the Holy Spirit said so. I don't know anything. Don't know anything other than the Holy Spirit saying, that person is going to be there. I want you to witness to him. It's like, okay. So I drove to Perkins, parked my car. I look around the parking lot, don't see his car. I know him. I know, who, I know who God was leading me to go see. Okay. So I got out of my car and I walk inside and I look in, you know, and Perkins has these little, you know, nooks and crannies, you know, you can't see everything. Well, nobody, don't see him. No. I was like, you know what, this, what, what a wild goose chase. All right, well, I didn't look at the last area, and I went back, I looked in, and there he sat over in the corner right over there. That's still a small voice. God God speaks very specifically. That's happened many times to me. I've had God, I'd be driving down the road, and the Lord says, take a left. Left, okay, left. Take a right, go straight. Turn, bop, bop, bop. One whole day. The Holy Spirit spoke to me one morning and says, everything you do today, I'm going to tell you what to do every moment. And, and you're going to get some, I was, we were leaving on a mission trip and I had so many things to get done and I had to find people that I didn't know where they were. This was before cell phones. I mean, way back when you actually had to find people, you know, or call them on their home and hopefully they're there. No cell phones. And the Lord, he, the Lord directed me to two different people that I had to meet specifically and they weren't at home. He, drew, he took me right to where they were and I met up with them and was able to do what I needed to do. Why? Because God has a plan for our lives and he wants to help us and, and if you're his sheep, you will hear his voice. That's just two. I could tell you dozens of stories like that. All kinds of, and, I, and I, you know, I'm telling you the ones that I did it and it worked. I, I don't want to tell you the ones I don't, that I did it and it didn't. And well, now I got to tell you that one. Sorry. No, see, every time I start thinking, "Hey, I have a great story. Everybody thinks I'm amazing," then I got to tell the one where I st- was stupid. Why? Because we're real. I was at a, I was in River Falls. I was actually at another Perkins. I don't hang out at Perkins all the time, but food is important. I was at Perkins one night. I was just all by myself. I was eating. I, I don't know where Deb was at. It doesn't matter. But I was there. I was doing something. And uh, all of a sudden, um, I, I look up, and a man was walking in with his wife, was walking in across the, the, the uh, hallway uh, by, the, by the till. And I look up, and he's, he's an older man. He's got a, a walker, and his wife is helping him along. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Go pray for him. Lay hands on him, and he'll be healed. And I went, no. Now you think, oh, how could you say that? Really? Really. I'm just telling you, I'm human. And I was like, "Ah, no, I'm not going to do that. And he says, I'm telling you, go lay hands on that man, and he'll, he'll be healed. I will heal him right now. I was like, oh, there's people here. And i'm going to stand up and go hey can i pray for you and lay hands on you because god just said you're going to be healed yeah that's what i should have done but i didn't see why i didn't want to tell the story yeah. and i argued with god the whole time i'm there finally i got up and walked out because i was i'm just there i am and i'm just i'm feeling terrible but i'm not going to do it i just i was like no i'm this is where this is i live around here people are going to think i'm nuts so what? I get home. I get home. This, I just To this day, I still kick myself. I get home, and I open up the paper, the River Falls Journal. I open up the newspaper. On the front page, the very front page, is this man's picture with his wife. And it's a whole story how he was one of the, the pillars of the community, has been for decades, been on all the city councils. Everybody in town knows him. He has Alzheimer's and he's dying and God wanted to heal him and I didn't do it I didn't do my p- I heard the still small voice but I had a choice to not do it I mean you want to talk about a witness to a whole community had that man been healed and there's been other times. I don't want I don't have to tell anymore okay but that's still small voice, why, why does he, if you hear God say, go lay hands on somebody and pray for them, go do it. Well, what if, something, what if nothing happens? Who cares? You did what he told you to do. I can tell you all kinds, I mean, I can tell you all the other, I can tell you many stories on both sides of the, of the thing. And when I did do it, good things happened. Why wouldn't I just do it? Because I was afraid, because I'm human. We're all human, stop it because now we're superhuman Amen. we're spirit filled we're filled with the glory of god he's got a purpose and a plan he wants to he wants you to do stuff he wants you to he wants his name to be lifted up and he do, how does he he tells you to do stuff listen to that still small voice and act upon it. if he tells you to call somebody up call them tell them. you know call them up encourage them call them up and pray them or pray them pray for them if he tells you to do something go oh that's just crazy why why i they, they 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 don't want to be bothered no they might very well need to be bothered still small voice all right we are now in the midst of through other people thank you through other people is the third one and we talked about uh, just people giving prophetic words or, or or words of knowledge words of wisdom somebody sharing with you somebody encouraging god speaks through other people and last time when we met, and I can't go into all the details, but you can watch it online, the last time we met, I, t- I was talking about that whenever somebody gives you a word, if they say, if they say hey, the Lord just spoke to me and, and I need to tell you something, it should not lead you. A word from the Lord is never to lead you. A word from the Lord is to encourage you or to chastise you, to, to get you to straighten out or it's going to confirm what God's already said through his word and through the still small voice. And I talked about different things that, you know, uh, people will go to meetings and want a you know, word from the Lord. Well, you're setting yourself up for, some me- for a mess. Why, because I'll give you a word. I mean, I'll just say something. I was in a meeting, <laughs> I was in a meeting one night and this guy, he was a prophet, man. I, I heard him you know, share and we uh, we met afterwards. There was a number of pastors met and afterwards and, and he was sitting at the table and uh, somebody leaned across the table and says, oh, if you've got a word for any of us, just go ahead and share it. And he looked at this person and he says, well, I could work something up. <laughs> I, I immediately, my, my, you know, respect for him just jumped. Because it's not something we work up. It's something the Lord does. And if he does it, he does it for a reason. There's a reason. If you get a word from the Lord, it's, you need it. It's like a friend of mine says. He says, if, you, if God gives you a word through somebody else, a prophetic word, it's because you're going to need it to be able to stand. You're going to need it to keep going. You're going to need it for, for, to make it through whatever t- trial you're going to. But it should never lead you. It should never come out of the blue. It should never just be, you know, hey, you know, and I'm not going to do that. I did it a bunch of times last time. Just made up stuff, you know. It wasn't prophetic. It was just as an example of, you know, anybody can make stuff up. It should not come out of the blue. If it does, put it on a shelf and rest. I want to give you an example well, let me just real quick. Prophecy. This is the definition we used last time: a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving and admonishing. What I was just saying, jerking the slack out of you. The wicked, or confront, comf, Or comf, I'm still having trouble. Or comforting, or comforting the afflicted. Or revealing things hidden, especially by foretelling the future. God does do that. We talked about Saul, uh, Paul, and how uh, uh, Ananias came and prophesied to Paul and told him things that God had said. And that prophetic words today are useful. God does do it, but you have to be careful. Go to 1 Kings. Go to 1 Kings chapter 13. Very, very, very interesting story. And it's, it's that, you know, the Bible has all those stories where amazing things happen. But like I just had to share a testimony of when eh, it wasn't all that amazing. Why? Because there's humans involved. We need to learn from that and get better at it. But this story in 1 Kings chapter 13 has always been an extremely interesting story to me because it shows you the danger of listening to somebody else. Even if they are a prophet. You need to be very careful. First Kings chapter thirteen, beginning with verse one. And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make a- offerings, and the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altered, thus saith the Lord. Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name. And just so you know, if you you want to write this in your notes, that word came to pass in 2 Kings uh, chapters 22 and 23. There was a king uh, uh, born whose name was Josiah who made things right. He sorted things out. But this younger prophet, this this man of God is is prophesying against the altar saying, he says, Jeroboam, and what you've done and what the people have been doing is wrong. And because of it, this this altar is cursed. He prophesied against the altar. This isn't the part that's interesting. This is what he was supposed to do. God told him to do this. And he, this is still in uh, uh, verse two, And he shall sacrifice, Josiah, shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who make offerings on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. The reason he did that was because the offerings that they were making was a desecration. And he was going to sort it out. God says, This this altar is done. We're going to get rid of this altar, and Josiah is going to burn the the high priests, the guys who were doing it wrong. He's gonna burn their bones on this altar. Okay, that's a, that's a harsh word. You know, not every, not every word is, you know, God is so happy with you, Brian. God, God just, God, you know, God just is so pleased with everything that you're doing. And you just, you're so amazing. No, sometimes God goes, knock it off. He does. And we need to, that's okay. You know, when somebody, you know, if somebody says, gives you a word, says, knock it off, don't go, oh, well, that's not God. That wasn't very loving. Well, no, actually it was. Because if you're running headlong off, of a, off a cliff, hey, stop, is loving. Because not loving is going, well, go ahead. So when your parents say, hey, stop, you're not thinking, oh, they're so harsh, they don't understand me. Yo, they understand you. Oh, no, they... We really understand. Where did she go? She's like, oh, great. One time I needed my daughter to hear that. You know? Verse 4. And the king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar at Bethel, Jeroboam and stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, seize him. And his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up, withered up so that he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was torn down, and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king said to the man of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord, of your God. Just a second ago, he was wanting to kill him. And now he's going, Hey, buddy, pal, can you pray to God for me? You know that this thing gets sorted out. Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. And the man of God entreated the Lord. And the king's hand was restored to him, and it became as it was before. And the king said to the man of God, now you've got to notice this, verse 7, beginning with verse 7 is very important. And the king said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. And the man of God said to the king, If you give me half your house, I will not go with you, and I will not eat bread or drink water in this place. For so, this is underlined verse 9, very important. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water nor return by the way that you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way that he had come to Bethel. Now in older verse 11, we'll come back to that in a second. So in what the story is, the prophet did exactly what God said to do. He said go into that go to the altar, curse the altar, this is what's going to happen, but here's how you do it. We hear the whole thing that God said after the fact he said when you go there you're not going to eat bread you're not going to drink water you're not going to stay at anybody's house I want you to go and prophesy and I want you to get out of there and I want you to go a different way very specific why I don't know why because God didn't always say that many times the prophet did stick around and have supper and stay in the house whatever but in this in this case God said here's what you need to do do it exactly like this so the king says, well, you stay at my house tonight. I'm going to feed you, and I'll give you half. You know, I'll give you this, blah, blah, And he says, no, because God said, don't do that. I'm not doing that. So he came from one direction. He cursed the altar, and he went home. He left and went the other direction. He did exactly what God told him to do. Then this happens. Verse 11. Now an old prophet lived in Bethel. And his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told to their father the words that he had spoken to the king. And their father said to him, Which way did he go? And his sons showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone. Verse 14 And he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, Are you the man of God? who came from Judah, and he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you, neither will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me, for it was said to me, by the word of the Lord, you shall ne- neither eat bread nor drink nor water there, or, nor return by the way that you came. And he said to him, I, so then, so that's what he gave the explanation of what God had said to the younger prophet. Now this is the older prophet speaking to him in verse 18. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you into your house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. Verse 19, so he went back with him and he ate bread in his house and drank water. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, thus saith the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place with, of which he said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after he had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled up the the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road, and the donkey stood beside it, and the lion also stood beside the body. That's sobering. Well, that's Old Testament, right? I mean, that's Old Testament. I mean, God, we're, we're living in the age of grace. We're living in the age... So, I mean, God doesn't... That, that doesn't apply to us anymore, right? Oh, I can see the theological wheel spinning. Love it when the theological wheels spin. We are in the age of grace. Praise God for the age of grace. Praise God, you know... That he forgives us, but there are still consequences for disobedience. Yes. Wow, I don't know why I keep being drawn to the youth today. <laughs> there are consequences for disobedience. You know? Yes, we're in the age of grace. Yes, God, oh, you know, God loves us, He forgives us, and yeah. But you can do some things. That if God tells you don't do something, don't do it. Because, not because He's gonna zap you. I mean, okay, maybe a lion isn't gonna come running out, but Because when you you do something against what God says to do, there are consequences. Lifelong consequences sometimes. Now what's the deal here? What happened? Why why would that old prophet do that? Anybody have an idea? This is, I'm actually looking for an answer. I have, I, I think I know what it is. Why would the old prophet do that? The devil, maybe. Test him, maybe jealousy wait i'm the prophet around here how come god used the kid i don't know his 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 intentions were bad because he knew what the lord had said and he 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 counseled him to do something exactly opposite and just because he's a respected prophet just because just because just because i'm your pastor doesn't mean you believe everything I say without testing it it doesn't matter what i i mean i told i had uh, back in the day when i was a youth pastor and i was a young adult pastor i was running a college ministry i told them over and over and over everything i teach you study it test it check it ask questions if i ever say anything that isn't biblical you test you 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 argue with me I wanted to build. You were there. I I told him, I said, you've got to do this because the world is full of people who are liars. Now I'm going to make a statement that's just going to, oh, you're going to go, wait a second. Now Talk about theological. The the body of Christ, the church in the world, is full of people who are liars. You know, Jim Jones was a respected minister at one point. Yep. I saw a documentary on his life you know, pre-Jonestown, 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 pre-Kool-Aid. He was, a, he was a born-again, spirit-filled preacher. And then something happened. You know, I remember I was, I was young when, when all of that happened. I still remember watching on TV and the guy had... You know, always wore sunglasses. So the first day I actually had, i bought we bought glasses and I got the room darkening ones and I got in front of the lights and my, la- my glasses went dark I went, oh no. <laughs> That's why you need to hear the voice of God for you because if God, if God tells you, go in this direction and do this thing or don't do it, then you do that. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter if I come and tell you. That's what God told me to tell you is go do it. Why? Because I could be wrong. I just told you a story where I was wrong, disobedient. Now, I've repented of that, but I still kick myself every day. I mean, you talk about consequences lasting a lifetime. I still kick myself about that. Inside, I, you know, yes, I'm forgiven. Yes, God loves me. But I still have to deal with the fact that what could have happened if I would obeyed him? And there's all kinds of times like that. But it was all those times that I finally one day says, I'm not doing that anymore. If the Lord tells me to do something, I'm doing it. And to the best of my ability, from that, from that day forward, not that day, but a day where I finally went, that's it. I've just done it, even if it makes me look goofy, even if it embarrasses me. Why? Because it's, it's his deal. But you don't do it because somebody else tells you that God told them that you should do it. I know I'm hitting this. I hit it last time. I'm hitting it this time. Why? Because the world is full of people who are trying to lead you in the way they think that you should go. And you need... the word of God, the, the kingdom of God is full of power. And I'm talking power. The next, where, where we're going next, I mean, the Lord's been talking to me a lot about where we go after hearing the voice of God. And I, I really feel like I'm supposed to do another series. Great, here we go. Another series on the gifts of God. The, gift, the, 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 uh, the nine gifts of, of the Holy Spirit. And talking about that every one of you, the Bible says that he gives his as he wishes to all. You're supposed to be walking in the power of God. Well, how can you walk in the power of God if you can't hear his voice? Amen. How can you walk in the anointing? How can you see miracles? How can you see the power? How, if, you won't, if you're listening to somebody else to give you the permission to do something, you have to know God. And when he says move, you move. When he tells you to speak, you speak. But you've got to hear his voice and you have to know him. And sometimes somebody will tell you, you shouldn't do that. Well, God told me to do it. I've had a lot of people tell me, Don't do that. You're making the wrong decision. Go in the other direction. And I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm gonna pray. See God. Nope, he says to go this direction. And I do it. I mean you gotta have guts to be a Christian. You can't be a Christian and be a wimp. Why? Because the 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 fight is real. The war is real. But you got to hear the voice of God. You got to know Him. Yes, there are people who speak into your life and you listen to them. I have people that you know. I mean, I can. I'm just. Thinking of people over the years. And, and, and some people you would recognize their names, some people you have no idea. Some people in the room would know them. There was a man named Danny Kramer. You knew Danny Kramer, you knew Danny Kramer, a number of you knew Danny Kramer. Danny Kramer was a very old man when I knew him. He's now passed away, what, 15, 20, I mean, many, many years worked construction his whole life. How do you talk like this? I think pretty sure he smoked about three packs of cigarettes a day. I'm pretty sure. Got saved. Loved God with all of his heart. When he would speak, man, you listen. A lot of Danny's, another Danny just popped in my head. You have a lot to live up to, bud. Danny's a good name. Danny Peterson. Oh, yeah. Danny Peterson. He was a mechanic. Yeah. Man full of wisdom. When he speaks, you listen. Why? Because he knows God. And he said some things to me, and I was just like, whoa. And then I put him on a shelf. We were standing on the foyer right out here. The day I was installed as the pastor of this church. And Danny walked up to me. And he said, I had a really crazy dream last night. You know, like remember what I said last week, not every prophecy, not every word from the Lord sounds like, thus saith the Lord, God of hosts, forthwith and hitherto. <laughs> if Danny started doing that, man, he be like, because Danny's a mechanic, he's a guy. He comes and he goes, Man, he says, I had a crazy dream about us last night. He says, in this dream, You were given a cigar boat you know what a cigar boat is he says it was a cigar boat man this thing was big it was beautiful painted gorgeous he said it was full of power man it had the you know the eight cylinder you know chrysler or whatever engine he knew his stuff i don't know anything Thing. he says, but it, it was I was out of tune a little bit. Just needed some parts. and needed some so so we worked on. We fixed it all up, and he says, and then we took it out on the Saint Croix River, and we were going up the river and down the river, and up the river and down the river, and we were laughing and we were having so much fun. I don't know what that means. See, and he walks away. <laughs> I still think about that. That word that God gave me, because what are we doing right now? We're going up the river and down the river and up there, and we're having so much fun. (laughs) And we've got a cigar boat, like cigar Cigar boat power. power. I think about that dream. It's like it's an encouragement to me. At the moment when he said it, I was like, I don't know what that means, but we're gonna you know put. But I get it now. There are people who can speak into your life and do speak into your life. And there are times when you listen to them. But if the still, small voice goes, eh, chuck that one. What do you do? Oh, you chuck that one. I don't know what that meant. Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe they're whacked. It's not, not for me to judge. But you've got to know the word. Does it line up with the word? Number one. Does it bear witness in your spirit, does it give you peace when you hear it, when, they, when, they, when it's spoken? And then you walk it out. If you need to wait, you wait. If you need to act upon it, you act upon it. So, one sermon left next week. Should be, should be, theoretically, theoretically all the other ways God speaks.